like that. The Christmas special has started. And uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take a call here. I got somebody calling in, you know, usually around Christmas time. I, uh, you know, have a few celebrities, celebrity friends, you know, call, like to call in and check in. But, uh, apparently this one will not stop calling. So let me uh, pick up the phone here. Uh, Ham Palace, Hambo. Yes. Hambo. Ah, Sir Michael. Sir Michael came. Where have you been all these months? Enjoying my retirement. Away from you, thank God. Well, thanks. Don't mention it. I would say, how are you doing? But we both know that, right? I'm doing great, Michael. I'm doing great. I have a very productive year. Um, very artistically productive. Uh, uh, sure you are. Sure you are. That's, uh... That's a likely story. Where's my audio play, you promised? Where's the voice work? Where's your film? I'm still working on it. I Look, I've been working hard on my comic, all right? I... Comic? What's that got to do with acting? Well, I, I draw on the final expressions on the, you know, I draw the facial expressions on the characters. They act. What's that got to do with acting? That's a good one. That's a good one. Look, they act through the drawings. Bloody brilliant. Why didn't I ever think of that? Well, it's hard to squeeze it all in, you know. What? That's what my missus said last night. All I'm saying is that I'm burnt after work. Not much energy afterwards. So what are you going to do, mate, for next year? Well, I'm going to wish you a Merry Christmas and thank you for your work. Your legacy. Thank you. A legacy well earned. Now, when are you going to start yours? I'm working on it, Michael. I'm working, working on it. Working on it. Working on it. It's always the same. You know what? Work on this. Huh? I'm flipping you off right now. Well, that's a spirit. That's a Christmas spirit, Mike. Sir Michael, to you. Yes, well, I do have to go now. I just wanted to check in. Look after. I got to look after my family. My grandchildren. God help you, Hambo. God help you. And watch my Muppet Christmas Carol. Maybe you should watch it and learn the meaning of it again. How dare you? Sir? How dare you? Anything else you want to say before you go? Yes, I do have one thing to say, him. And what's that? Good night. You children of Maine. You kings of New England. Yeah, yeah, we heard it all before. Have a Merry Christmas, Michael.
and uh, that he well he hung up now boy oh boy thank you everybody for joining me for a special uh, christmas pod the ham palace hopefully you get yourself a a cup of hot cocoa uh, i am recording this uh at four in the morning but uh hopefully i got some energy here to carry me through i think so i can come up with some magic stuff Typically, this would be a late night with Hambo. Uh, I'm going to go over a few things here. And uh, I might split the recording up. So almost, I'll see how much I record over the next few nights. Or if I do at all, maybe this we'll see if I can get it all in this one night here. We'll see. Uh, got some things uh, going over. I got uh, a few things... Uh, First of all, let's go over something real clear. Let's be clear about something. I saw a, a, a commercial on YouTube. It had to do with a sled, an indoor sled for your kid going down the stairs. And it talked about winning Christmas. He said, you want to win Christmas? And I'm thinking, you know, that was the tagline. Well, then get them this this sled. Get your kids a sled and... Have them go down, you know, do all this. And um, I thought, you know, you don't win Christmas. It's not something to be won. I guess, I guess if you 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 win it by celebrating it with somebody that you care about, possibly. But what if you don't have anybody? You know, see see the problems that 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 forms. Winning Christmas. You know, this isn't like uh, um, Trump talking about winning. We don't win anymore. That's different. This is, you know, that's a different kind of thing. This is we're talking about a feeling, a, a time of year you, you, you reflect on things and you be grateful. It's kind of like another Thanksgiving in a way, but, you know, celebrating the birth of Jesus. But uh, if you're not if you're not Christian, then it, it's a joyous time anyway. You know, um, celebrating time with your family and with you know. If you really you know if you really thought about it, if it's being in a grateful place no matter what, whether you have have anybody or not. It's depressing and as tough as that would be. Drinking some water, wishing it was uh, the uh, rum chata, the rum chata, the Christmas rum chata. But uh, I'll pretend I could pretend that I'm drinking here. So yeah, there is no winning Christmas. Okay, let's get that out of our minds. You know, so many, all this commercialism is—it's just everything to make money off of us. That's what it is. Everything to make money off us. All these little slogans and. Uh, Look, that's a whole nother podcast. I want to keep things cheery and light. Um, let's start off with a review. Godzilla uh, minus one. Godzilla minus one. Still, I'm kind of confused on that title after seeing it. Godzilla minus one. 
they make it seem like he uh, was coming to a party and uh, someone was supposed to come with him but he scratched it off said no minus one <laughs> I'm still kind of at odds with that title did we did it need to be because it's not really that clear why it's my I mean it's going over maybe it's going over in my head but I shouldn't have to think about a title that hard to understand why it's called that. I had the same problem when I was a kid. I go, why are they naming all these movies really vague things? They're just being too poetic about things. And this is kind of kind of an example of that. Um, so I think that's a problem in the marketing. But regardless, the movie's doing pretty dang good. And... There's just been a lot of, uh, there's been no prep for this. I mean, there has and there hasn't. I mean, we saw the Godzilla and versus King Kong, you know, and there was a lead up, you know, at the end credits of that. So, yeah, but there was no shot over, over the bow with the coming out with this Godzilla, our, you know, the Japanese version, our version, you know, from their point perspective, but we had no, it was just here, right? And the thing was, is that we were promoting, uh, or Apple was promoting, the uh, that Monarch show. And I'm thinking, now wait a minute, is that Monarch a movie, or is it a TV show? And they're, they're not clear in the marketing. I had no idea Monarch was a TV show. I thought it was a movie, a Godzilla movie with Kurt Russell. And then all of a sudden, Godzilla Minus One comes out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, are we being invaded by Godzilla films? Like, what is wrong with these people? Like, what are you doing? This is too much, too fast, with very little prep in advertising ahead of time. It's just so weird, you know, and, and and it's probably because Japan and America are on two different pages, you know, and how this is this stuff is hitting us, you know. So that's my I had to get out that off my chest. It's just my observation. Somebody had to say it, and so I see see the movie. I go in there. I'm like, it's two hours. Another super long movie, you know, and it's not super long, and that's kind of normal, but I'm just kind of sick of the long movies. So I go in there, and uh, yeah, you know, it's got, um, it it, it kind of goes into it right away, so it's kind of odd. It just gets you right into it, which is fine, but Godzilla isn't really that big in the beginning of this movie. So maybe they're toying with the idea that Godzilla is younger and he just grows bigger later. But he hits this island and he's, uh, you know, killing it, stopping over everything. And uh, it, uh, one of the things that this movie is good at doing is really making it feel kind of like Jurassic Park did. Um real it made it feel very real and uh 
how helpless he would be against a force like this. And I thought that was really good. They kind of put you in, in the shoes of the main character and kind of a point of view angle. And he's in his, uh, the guy is a kamikaze pilot. And he, but he's, you know, he's scary. He doesn't really, he doesn't really want to do it. And he's in the seat and the guy tells him, you know, shoot, you know, shoot the monster, shoot Godzilla when he's in the plane. But he freezes up, which is very understandable. It's a very relatable flaw is that when somebody freezes up against extreme terror and extreme situation, they wouldn't be normal. And uh, so a bunch of people die. And then the guy comes out. Oh, this is spoilers, by the way. This, uh, spoilers here. Spoilers review. The guy comes out, his, his buddy or whatever, and that was trying to get him to, you know, get this, you know, get in the plane, be a kamikaze and everything. And uh, he he blames him. He blames the uh, pi the pilot there, guy, and I forgot the guy's name in it, but and he says that you're responsible for all these people dying because he didn't he didn't shoot at Godzilla, even though it, it wouldn't have done anything really. And so that sets up a whole, it's good, it sets up a whole motivational thing between uh, this guy's fellow soldier, older soldier, and and the pilot here. And um, yeah, so yeah, if you haven't guessed it by now, this main protect, it's just Japanese cast. And anyway... Um, from there, uh, there's more about Godzilla, you know, it, it, I think it jumps ahead of some months, and, um, the pilot guy's got to take care of this guy's, this woman that he falls in love with, and her, her son, is it, no, her daughter, her daughter. And uh, he feels that the need to take care of the daughter because something happened to the dad. I think the dad got killed or something like that. And so he becomes attached to this woman and, and her son and all that. And they end up kind of falling in love in a way. And she ends up like, you know, Godzilla comes back and attacks the city or at Tokyo or whatever. And, it, you know, it's a good... There's a lot, you know, the music's good, you know, um, Godzilla is very authentic to how it was, you know, back in the day in a way, you know, when they had the guy in the suit, um, very slow moving and, uh, kind of a limited articulation, um, <laughs> as opposed to, I think he was more articulated in the, Godzilla versus Kong, but anyway, it's good, and uh, what else? What else? What else? It's just the, the effects are really good. It's the detailed; they get really detailed close-ups of Godzilla and the facial expressions it makes, and how its back fins light up and everything, and charges, and when it shoots its breath, it gets real riled up and it's really good effects and everything so um yeah uh just a very authentic thing and 
towards you know the the, the girl that the, the pilot fell for she ends up saving him throwing him in the alley but then there's a big explosion or a shock wave from Godzilla I think using its fire breath um, and have it it rivets it just just tears up everything in its path and she gets blown away um, and so it's it's a good it's a good you know you feel sympathetic so the human story of it's pretty good you, you get in their corner a lot more and you feel something uh, more than a lot of other the god movie Godzilla movies where it just you don't you don't feel as emotionally invested with the human human characters um and you're not really there to see the human characters. It's like it's like they're just like the second fiddle to Godzilla and everything, which is fine. But in this, they took pains to make it a good emotional story to get get you involved with in this guy's journey um, of gaining gain, gaining courage and stepping up to become uh, a, a, to become a soldier that stands up for people that are dying and all that. And I think that's what it is. The it, the metaphor of the atomic age it's very much it, it wears its on its sleeve in this a little bit now normally i'd be kind of be against something like that like it's like it's just not subtle and it, it, it is kind of in your face in this like there's a there's a bomb or something that goes off or um godzilla does his breath and something blows up and it's very much like a mushroom cloud and everything. And uh, it, it's definitely uh, a metaphor for the Japanese in the atomic age um, and what they, and, and you know, where they're questioning themselves. Like, you know, we lost this war and everything is destroyed. And now we have to go back into a war to fight a creature. But this time it's about fighting for, you know, every, ourselves as opposed to, you know, a symbolic country or an emperor. This is for ourselves. And uh, and so that it, it's kind of a nice sentiment. I, I like that. And um, it's cool because it gives you kind of their perspective, their point of view, as opposed to like an American point of view, which is kind of neat. It's, it's so it, it's, uh, yeah, it, the main finale is Godzilla in the water and they have a bunch of ships um, surrounding uh, Godzilla. And this is a big spoiler. They figure out a way to sink, basically sink uh, Godzilla by dragging him to the, the ocean floor and then having him ascend and get, uh, you know, uh, he can't decompress or something. And so he gets all messed up uh, coming back up. But he's so strong that he gets, he's about to do one final breath to blow all the ships away. And there's a big subplot about the captain on the ships and having the courage, excuse me, to get the men to, together to take on Godzilla and, and rally the troops and try this this plan that might not work 
And so anyway, Godzilla's up and he's all messed up because he can uh, decompress. And so he's all filled with, uh, his body's filled with uh, air and everything. And so he's all barely standing. And he's about to do a final breath and blow away the ships. And here comes the pilot. And he's gathered his his uh, purpose. And it's his hero's journey, man. And he's fulfilling it. And he's like distracting and shooting at Godzilla. And is trying to shoo him away. And then they do... Uh, somebody else shows up. Like another... Yeah, another boat shows up where it's a guy that they told to you know just don't you can't come with us you're hurt you have a broken arm or something like that and this guy comes back later and for this pivotal scene with the with the sail ship uh to flank godzilla when they need when they need him and he just blows away godzilla you know his his head gets blown up or something like that and he descends into the sea and uh, um, it it was pretty. It's pretty action packed. Would I see it again? Nah, maybe, maybe a matinee. It, it was all right. It's a long movie. It's still it still is kind of long, um, but it's a good movie. It's refreshing. You know, it's about the story. Okay, there's very little uh, politics of the day going on there. It's it's a it's a good movie. It's not a feel good movie, <laughs> but it's a movie we need right now. And it it's again like their like their magna, uh, or ma- manga and their an- anime. They're doing it right. They're they're getting the, you know, and they're they're telling their stories right. And uh, for some reason over here, we feel the need to jack everything up with. Uh, some kind of weird politics of the day agenda crap. So, yeah. There we go. Uh, Godzilla, I give it about out of ten. I, uh, probably eight, eight and a half. Eight and a half. I, I think they could have snipped it down a little bit more. Make it a little bit more lean. Um, but that's fine. It's really my only thing. Um, close to a nine it's very close to a nine um so very good movie uh um check it out but uh, you know here's the thing will monarch live up to that i don't think so even with kurt russell he's great i don't know a tv show it, it's a mini series so maybe it'll be neat but uh I hope they keep it authentic and real like that Godzilla minus one just did. Um, So that transitions me into... uh, That transitions, I should say. (laughs) Transitions me. It transitions into the life lesson. And uh, so I got my money out of the bank. I have a bunch last year. I had my Christmas money. I put it in an envelope because I wanted to keep it separate from my wallet. And I kept the money in the envelope in my pocket, in the inside pocket of my jacket, my fleece jacket. And, uh, you know, I took it uh, 
from the envelopes in the car, and I put it in the inside of my fleece jacket. Came home that night, I took it out, and I was kind of going through all my envelopes, and I kind of forgot where I put the envelope after that. Just kind of, you know, slipped my mind, and I got the monkey mind thing, where I just kind of, I'm like, oh, I put that over here, and it's gone. And so the next few days, I kept reminding myself, because I had to work, okay, where's that money? i got to get put that someplace where I can find it real easily. And uh, I thought I'd put it beside my, beside my bed. And I came back. I couldn't find the money. It's, it was $100, right? $100. I'm tearing the room apart. I, I'm tearing my car apart. I'm freaking out. I'm getting super pissed. I'm like, what if I threw it out? What if I put it by the bank or it was on the ground or something? But I'm searching my memory banks. I'm like, no, I would have remembered that. A white envelope. Because I usually look at the ground before I go into the car. And I'm just searching all the, the cracks in the, in the car and underneath the seats. And... It's unbelievable, folks. It's unbelievable how easy something like this could happen. So my life lesson to you is to, if you have Christmas money, you don't put it in the envelope. You know, put it in the envelope in your car, your glove box, or in your jacket, or even at home next to your bed. You put that money in your freaking wallet. And even if you accidentally spend it, oh, oh well. Because it's where it's supposed to be. Don't use the envelope system when it comes to Christmas money. Don't. You got that? Don't. Because you're going to give yourself a world of hurt if you lose that envelope by whatever means. And I have no idea. No idea. I remember taking the envelope out, looking at, there it is, and then and then I kind of blacked out. Like, I forgot what my next step was with what happened next. But what happened is I got monkey mind, a new thing entered my mind, and I didn't stay focused on what I was supposed to do with it. That's what happened. And now it's gone. I, I can't find it anywhere in this freaking room. I'm trying to keep it light here at the Ham Palace. Trying to keep it light. But <laughs> you can see how angry this makes me. So my life lesson to you is to put your money in your wallet so it doesn't get lost. Especially around Christmas time when you need it. There, so I, I'm done with that. Hope everyone's having a a Merry Christmas time. Hope you're getting your, your gifts done. Hope you're making your lists. Checking them twice to make sure you can get everybody what they want. Because I think when you get people what they want, they're the happiest. They are the happiest. Uh, I had another little thing, a possible Christmas story I was going to tell you guys. Using my, uh, well, using my uh, little mythic emulator. Uh, what that does, it's a series of words that I would roll up. And maybe some Rory Story cubes. And I tell a little Christmas story. 
pretty simple, like an improv Christmas story, but it is 426 in the morning, and I don't want to go that crazy because that's energy, folks. So I'm going to keep that possibly for tomorrow. We'll see if I can kind of, we'll see what I can do here. We'll see. But I'm not going to tell you. Maybe I'll do the story or two parts of it, and then I'll come back, and then I'll tell you what I came up with. How about that? But, uh, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that review. I hope you enjoyed that life lesson. And uh, let's see what happens here. I hope everyone's having a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. All right, so in this next segment here, uh, our last segment of the special, um, it's what I have here. It's, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to be a short story. Short, short story, which I uh, like to do. And uh, what I'm going to be doing is uh, I'm going to be using a... Uh, a game, it's a role-playing game generator. It's called Mythic, the Mythic Fate Chart. And uh, what you do is you ask this Mythic table, what are the odds? And it'll give you a yes or no question, or not, yes, yes or no answer. And I also have a series of words, a descriptor list, and an action list. Um, and so you're gonna, you guys are gonna be going on the first Hambo journey with me. Um, I also have a list here, a table called the Adventure One Page Adventure Crafter. Um, so yeah, let me come up with the character, and how, hopefully this won't be too boring. This is experimental, so just bear with me. Uh, I'm going to come up with a name here. First name. And I'm going to just close my eyes and put my... <laughs> Excuse me. Whew. Let me get all my sneezes out. And plop the finger down. Felix. Yeah, okay, that's a decent name. Felix is our main character. So Felix... Um... I'm going to roll his age on 100-sided dice. Let's see how old he is. He's 16 years old. He's a young one. He's a, he's a Felix is a teenager. He's just starting it out, starting the life out pretty much. Um, now, it says here, uh, the one-page adventure crafter, uh, turning points. Uh, roll for these turning points when needed. Five plot points. Generate five plot points to form each turning point. Each plot point is a specific development that, when combined together, form the turning point. Uh, determine the main theme. So roll 1d10 on the top bar. Let's see what the theme of this is going to be on the 10-sider. Sorry, I got the little sniffles. Five. The theme of the story will be a mystery. Mystery for Felix. So let's see here. Um, uh, roll 
1d10 on the plot points table. Determine the theme, yeah. Then roll 1d100 for an inspirational word. Prompt to go with that theme. So let's see what the mystery word is. 84 on this list under the mystery. Uh, theft. There's been a theft during Christmas time. Uh, first plot. Let's see. Don't roll for the first theme of the first plot point. It's always the main theme that you determine before the adventure. Well, it's a Christmas mystery. Uh, interpret each word rolled, tone of its theme, and interpret what you think it means. Interpretations will make more sense uh, when compared to the other plot points as you draw connections between them. Characters or storylines or create new ones in your interpretation if it makes sense. Okay. So whenever I get stuck, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this uh, theme and plot, uh, plot point table. And if I ask a question, I'm going to go to the mythic chart and ask. And uh, so it's Christmas time. There's been a theft. Um... I'm going to ask Mythic, did Felix steal something? I'm going to say it's 50-50. Um, let's see, 50-50 odds. 49. Yes, he did. Wow, what a... This is not a good... <laughs> Felix, you're starting your life on a life of crime. All right, he stole something in Christmas time. Uh... What did he steal? Also, I have these things called the uh, Rory's Story Cubes, which I like to use sometimes when I play these kind of games. So let's see. The thing is, it's bad about objects. Let's see here. I'll roll. I'll roll a few. See what. See what he stole. Hmm. Uh, I, uh, he stole a toy. He stole, he stole a toy. And, uh, let's see here. Uh, what else? Let me roll on the descripting, uh, description words. Descriptor one. Uh, quietly, he quietly stole a toy. Fifty-one lacking. He was lacking. He, Felix was lacking. Uh, he didn't like any of the toys that he got for Christmas, any of the presents. So he stole his brother's uh, uh, toys. And it was a, a bat and a baseball, and. Uh, well, he uh, he went off and he started uh, playing with these toys, and uh, oh, he got in a fight. Felix got in a fight, or he got in trouble, and uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, he was playing with him. Uh, let's see, did he 
Did his parents catch him? I'm going to say it's likely on the mythic chart here. Yes, his parents caught him uh, stealing, uh, playing with his brother's toys, and he got. Uh, did he get grounded? I'd say that's very likely. Um, an exceptional yes. So yeah, not only he get did he get grounded, um, but he got his. Uh, well, let's see. What would be an exceptional yes? Uh, he got grounded and he got um, uh, yelled at. He probably and he got spanked. <laughs> I say he got spanked. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sixteen years old. That's pretty old to be spanked. So let's just see. What's another thing? Um, he got grounded for the month. So. What happens next? Let's see what happens on the uh, uh, let's see. Let's see what happens here. On the plot point, what happens next? Sixty-five. Uh, reappearance. Vulnerability. 16. Two more. One more. Fifty-three. Oh, lie. Vulnerability, lie. Um, vulnerability, lie. What was the first time? The first one, I'll reroll that one. 87. Threat. Uh, he felt, Felix felt so vulnerable after being caught. And uh, um, he would do anything to get himself out of this predicament. Uh, he, he would lie to say that it wasn't, you know, his brother gave it to him, which, you know, that was pretty dumb. Of course, his brother ratted him out. Um, came to a revelation. Uh that all this didn't work out for him too well. Uh, so what happened next? Let's go to the story dice. So he listened to his Walkman, his Sony Walkman, and uh, he listened to some some good music. And uh, Yeah, he really enjoyed it. He sang along to the music, and uh, let's roll a conclusion. 
<laughs> wow, what a thrilling story there. Let's see here. Hmm. Well, I told you it was, this is experimental. Let's see. <laughs> 91. Uh, conclusion. Let's see. What, th what would be the theme of it here? One. Action. And 91. Theft. Uh, 69. Uh, object. And there's another theft. <laughs> 84. Risky. Pursued. <laughs> it's not going good. And then 69. All right. Well, um, uh, to conclude, he, uh, let's see. Did he steal again? Let me ask him a pick. I'm going to say it's unlikely because I'm in such bad trouble. Mm, no. He did steal again. Somebody else. Was it his... Somebody in his family? Let's see, 50-50. Uh, no. Um... Somebody else, I'm going to say somebody else that he knew uh, got in trouble stealing during, during Christmas time. And uh, it's probably one of his friends from school. And uh, yeah, and they got punished real bad and uh, it was risky. And Felix tried to tell him, warn him, hey, don't do it. But the kid, uh, he got he got punished, right? Yeah, I'll ask Mythic. Yes, he had punished his friend. Exceptionally, yes, yeah, he got he got grounded for uh, three months. So that you don't steal during Christmas time is what this story is telling you. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This has been Hambo's Story Hour about theft during Christmas. Don't do it, even if you're 16, even if you're 99. Okay. Thank you for listening, and this has been the Hambo Christmas Hour uh, special. I hope you had a good time. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I didn't have I, I didn't have Stallone this year. I didn't have Arnold. You know, even Ray Winston wasn't wasn't here. Um, so, but we did have Sir Michael Caine, and I and I thank you all for listening. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. I'm gonna see you back here for the hopefully if I can get it in gear for the New Year's uh, New Year uh, New Year Eve New Year's Eve uh, Christmas uh, Christmas New Year's Eve special. And yeah. I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, may you have long days and a pleasant Christmas.